0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On May 3rd, 1979, Conservative Party leader Margaret Thatcher was chosen to become Britain's first female prime minister, a true conservative. Today in 1802, Washington, D.C. was incorporated as a city. Today in 1937, Margaret Mitchell won the Pulitzer Prize for her novel Gone with the Wind. Today in 1947, Japan's post-war constitution took effect. I don't have time nor the interest to talk about it, except to say that the constitution limited their military power in such a way that they were dependent on other nations, particularly the United States following World War II. Today in 2006, a federal jury in Alexandria, Virginia, they rejected the death penalty for Al-Qaeda conspirator Zacharias Massawi. They decided that he should, rather than the death sentence, he should spend life in prison for his role in 9-11. As he was led from the courtroom, Massawi turned toward the people in the courtroom and toward the camera and snarled, America, you lost. Today in 2016, Donald Trump, all but cinched the Republican presidential nomination with a victory in Indiana, that victory took out Ted Cruz from the, um, the race. One year ago today, Bill and Melinda Gates said they were divorcing after 27 years of marriage. I don't know about you, but I've learned more about Bill Gates since their divorce and his, some of his personal behavior, that I want to know. No wonder she divorced him. I don't know either of them. But what I know isn't very inspiring about his behaviors. In John chapter 8, verse 32, 36... We read these words, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 2. He said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Our founders often they were preoccupied with the whole idea of liberty and freedom and life. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as a matter of fact. They wrote that into our founding document, of course. But they were often heard and seen in their writings as quoting Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. I want to talk to you a little bit about liberty and life today. Pro life and pro abortion activists are gathered outside the Supreme Court. They're clashing, fences have gone up around the Supreme Court this morning, following a I don't use this word often, but it it is a bombshell report. It's overused, but in this case it's true. This bombshell report that came out, it was leaked late last night, it reveals that the court could potentially overrule Roe v. Wade. Last night, Politico, which is kind of a moderate news organization, and they they lean left if they lean either direction, but they published an alleged decision seemingly written by Justice Samuel Alito and circulated it around the court on this whole case, this Dobbs versus Jackson Jackson Women's Rights Organization case. That's the case that could bring down Roe v. Wade. Someone allegedly leaked that draft to Politico. They say they did from the Supreme Court. That's an action considered by many, to be like an original sin for judicial ethics. I mean, you shouldn't leak decisions before they're made public, especially by the Supreme Court. But apparently, we don't know this for sure, but apparently someone, Politico could be lying, but they they lean left often, but I haven't seen them making stuff up much. So somebody I'm pretty sure gave them a document. The question is, is the document actual? I mean, is it for real? We're finding that out this morning. There are people looking at the paper and looking at the whole thing. And it, I, I mean, it's happening as we speak. We're originating at nine o'clock in the morning on this Tuesday today. So as I'm speaking to you, things are happening. Some of you will hear this program a little bit delayed. But I want to tell you what I know about that now, what's happening now, and we'll certainly be talking more about this probably tomorrow, but uh, I want to get to that in just a moment. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening and what could happen as a result of this. But I will tell you, pro-life activists and abortion activists are clashing, and it is not a pretty scene in front of the Supreme Court building this morning. Franklin Graham has praised the possible leaked draft decision of the Supreme Court, and there's a lot going on out there. He began his Facebook post this morning. He said, praise God. (laughs) I agree with him. Praise God, Franklin. Uh, But we'll see if this is real and what it means, and there are some implications there. And As I said, this is developing this morning. What I'm going to be telling you in a few minutes, there will be more to that as the day progresses for sure, and we'll come back to this tomorrow. But let me talk to you just for a couple of minutes, and we're going to come back to this uh, this matter of Roe v. Wade. It's a big deal. But let me tell you a little bit about something that happened over the weekend in Portland. It's, it's so typical of Portland and Seattle, but other cities around the country as well. And it, what it does, it just puts on full display the, the spirit of the age in which we live, whether it's the, the, the fight of the left to kill unwanted babies, or whether it's to take away our liberty and our freedom. This resource-strapped Portland Police Bureau took more than 20 minutes to respond to Antifa members who were assaulting a Republican campaign event near police headquarters in downtown Portland on Saturday. The irony is it's made national news. The irony is that Saturday campaign event was sponsored by a Republican candidate for governor named Stan uh, Pulliam, I think that's how you pronounce it, whose platform includes refunding or funding putting funding back to the police department no arrests were made no police showed up for 20 minutes and he was like up the street from the police department following the event Pulliam tweeted he said this is what happens when a Republican dares to hold an event in Portland to talk about funding our police well it is two people were injured campaign rally was attacked by these protesters in downtown Portland, according to the police, who finally showed up. I mean, I'm not blaming them. I mean, as it turns out, there were not enough police working that day because they've been cut back. They've lost, I believe, I read 800 or something like that. But the incident happened around noon on Saturday, and uh, this guy, as I said, was running for is running for governor, and he was holding this. Uh, he's a very conservative guy, and he was holding this rally there. Uh, What people said happened, uh, significant explosions could be heard in the area. The police finally came and made a report based on people who were there and what they were saying. They said a group of protesters threw fireworks, smoke grenades, balloons filled with paint uh, at the rally, at the people in the rally. Striking people, they hit some vehicles, did some damage to vehicles. Pulliam said Antifa shows up. Well, we, we won't be intimidated. We won't stop speaking The truth. His tweet also included a video showing about 10 people dressed all in black, carrying these black flags and wearing black face coverings, approaching his rally, tossing smoke grenades. Fox News is reporting on it uh, yesterday. They said by the time officers had sufficient resources to establish a crime scene near Southwest uh, 3rd and Main, the black-clad demonstrators had already dispersed after hurling smoke grenades, paint-filled balloons, and fireworks According to the police, two were injured by the mortars. The media, Pulliam told the media that what he and his supporters experience is what neighbors throughout Portland experienced on almost a daily basis. That's true, and that's true in Seattle. It's true in Chicago. It's true in Baltimore. If you look at the leadership of these cities, it's far left, radical, far left in every case. This Pulliam, I think that's how you pronounce it. He said, we called the police, we called 9-11. In fact, at the Justice of Peace Center, we were just outside of their headquarters. We sat on hold for over 20 minutes. No police officers ever arrived until the very end just to take our statement. And we wonder why all the violence and destruction is happening in our streets. Clearly, Portland's not the only place, as I said. But the big answer is that there is a spirit of rebellion toward any authority, including God, that's linked to any false sense of entitlement. In other words, if they have a false sense of entitlement, whether it's abortion, to kill unwanted babies, whether it's to commit crimes against people and property in cities like Portland, Seattle, elsewhere, they have this entitlement. They say, well, if, if, if I'm angry and I'm outraged, it's my right to do this. It's a spirit of rebellion toward any authority, in particular, God himself. A statement from the Portland Police confirmed that while a sergeant began monitoring the situation, gathering available resources, there were only a few officers available in the precinct. In a separate statement, on Saturday night, they said it was an extraordinarily busy evening of significant events that strained their resources. That night included five shootings in different places, three serious crashes, one stolen ambulance <laughs> What's, I'm sorry, that's not this is not funny, but one stolen ambulance, all of that happened within a 12, 12 hour spin. It's interesting. Ecclesiastes eight eleven comes to mind as I talk about this. It says <laughs> Ecclesiastes eight eleven says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. That pretty much sums up what we're seeing in our cities around the country. Mike Huckabee got a hold of this story, and he was talking about it on his, uh, on his website. He wrote a little bit about it. He said, he said compare this story to the story of uh, Christopher Quaglin. He's the first person charged in the January 6th Capitol riot. He's been uh, held pending trial for over a year. His attorneys have just filed a habeas corpus um, petition claiming his constitutional rights have been repeated, uh, repeatedly violated. But they've been holding this guy because he was involved in that riot there, and Mike Huckabee's making the point that this guy, they have I mean, he's gone. In fact, Huckabee says that he... Uh, has been denied his gluten-free diet that he needs, and uh, he's gone days without food and lost 68 pounds while they're keeping him in solitary confinement. He was one of the guys at that riot at the Capitol. Well, I mean, they should be punished if they broke the law, but when you compare that to this, uh, where is the equality of justice? It, It doesn't exist. And it isn't the way it's being presented Huckabee said, maybe we should all forward the story of the attack in Portland to our director of Homeland Security, Alondro Mayorkas, who seems to think the biggest threat of violent terrorism in America is Trump voters. He said, we could also send it to the members of Nancy Pelosi's January 6th kangaroo committee. (laughs) They're so zealous to identify and lock away anyone who would use violence to impede the sacred electoral process of our democracy. So very true. And our democracy has allowed for one of the most barbaric practices in the history of the human race to become, quote-unquote, encoded into our laws in America. We call it abortion. That's what's happening, and believe me, both sides are dug in. Those of us who are pro-life believe with all of our hearts in pro-life If we don't have life, we don't have anything. God himself breathed life into humanity. And that's what those of us who are pro-life stand for. Ronald Reagan made an interesting comment. He made a lot of interesting comments. One that he made, and I have remembered through the years. Ronald Reagan said, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Very true. Speaking at a um, March for Life rally, he was a big supporter of March for Life and all of the activities there and, and all of the organizations that are for pro-life. But speaking at this particular rally, when he was president, he said, yet our opponents tell us not to interfere with abortion. They tell us not to impose our morality on those who wish to allow or participate in the taking of the life of infants before birth. Yet no one calls it imposing morality to prohibit taking of life after a child is born. We're told about a woman's right to control her own body, but doesn't the unborn child have a higher right, and that is to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Pro-life and pro-abortion activists are clashing, as I said, outside the Supreme Court this morning. Many of them are there. Most of the organizations, as of a few minutes ago, are represented. Franklin Graham, he praised this leaked draft decision of the Supreme Court. It appears from this, if it is a legitimate draft, it appears that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. That exploded late last night, and it is on fire in Washington, D.C. today. Franklin Graham said, praise God, the Supreme Court has voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, according to Politico, which received a supposedly leaked copy of the opinion draft. I don't know if the report is true, but if it is, it's an answer to many prayers and many years of prayers. It is extremely rare that the Supreme Court decisions would be leaked in advance. Most people who pay really close attention to the Supreme Court were shocked at this breach of of decorum, I guess you would call it, It appeared to be calculated. Let me tell you what I have found just this morning in looking at this. And as I said, it is a developing uh, situation for sure. Students for Life are there. Kristen Hawkins is the head of that organization. It's a great organization. They show up big time at the March for Life every year. She said ending preborn human life is and has been a judicial error. The court cannot allow the bullying tactics of the left, combined with the threat of chaos caused by caused by unprecedented leak, to change the right course. The end of row. She tweeted this morning. What she's talking about there is that what is the motivation behind putting this uh, out there, this leaked document, if it is in fact legitimate? I'm thinking, based on what I've seen up to the moment this morning, it is authentic. I've spent a lot of time reading and researching this morning. But the Supreme Court the Supreme Court, excuse me, Supreme Court draft overruling Roe v. Wade was leaked to the press and if it is real, it is one of the greatest scandals to ever hit the nation's highest court. And it's Probably an attempt, in my mind, to intimidate one or more of the justices to reverse their vote or to ignite a liberal, like a brush fire, like a forest fire, to pack the Supreme Court before Democrats lose Congress in November. I think that could be what's happening here. I think they're trying to get ahead of this because they know they're in a losing situation. Some of what Justice, apparently, supposedly, Justice Samuel Alito said, he said, it's time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. That would be the overturning of Roe v. Wade as we know it. The American people govern themselves, he says in this document, through elections and elected leaders, not federal judges. It quotes the late uh, Justice Scalia, In this document, and they're quoting him saying, the permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. And then it says, uh, the document says, that is what the Constitution and the rule of law demand. Here's the deal. Whoever gave this to Politico, they know where, I mean, somebody knows who handed this document to whomever. But I think, as I said, it appears to be authentic, but we'll see. But this is not a binding decision. What the Supreme Court does, I'm not an authority on it, but I have paid a lot of attention, and I've done a lot of reading, especially in more recent years of my life. But what they do is they discuss this in there, and they have closed-door meetings. I think it's every Friday, and they talk about it, just among themselves, supposedly, No one else ever has access to what they're talking about, supposedly. And they talk about it, and they say, well, here's where I have arrived on this, and they talk to each other, and they try to convince one another and persuade one another. I understand that it gets, you know, not heated, but very vigorous, the discussion there, and bright minds get bigger, although some of the people on the court, frankly, are not very bright, in my opinion, and that's just my humble opinion, but anyway... There's only about 45 people in that whole mammoth building that have access to this kind of information. And so somebody within that court of about 45 people, that includes the justices themselves. Somebody handed this over to the press, to Politico in particular, if if it is legitimate. It's 67 pages, and it has a number of insights into it. And as I said, I'm going to develop this more tomorrow. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow and what has happened today and overnight and so on. But in the beginning, the first part of it on page five, it says, we hold that Roe v. Wade must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely. The Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, that provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty again back to the liberty that i was talking about a few moments ago our founding fathers were i don't want to use the word obsessed but they were deeply committed they were deeply attached to this verse in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 now the lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and out of that flowed their deep conviction That if we built this country on godly values, and they said this, and they wrote this, and they, in conversations with one another, and with conversations with other people, the evidence is overwhelming that they were taking a biblical view because they believed that a biblical view was the only sound foundation upon which to build this country. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty in the precepts and the principles of the Lord, and we know that as a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but they're saying in that context, that is where liberty is found. If you don't build your house, your nation, on the precepts of Jesus Christ, on the precepts of Almighty God found in his inerrant word, the Bible, inspired, inerrant, no mistakes in the Bible, no contradictions, It's God's word. If we build our nation on that, it will prosper, and we will have true liberty. The government, the leadership doesn't give liberty. God gives liberty, and we are creating a nation. I'm paraphrasing them. We are creating a nation that will protect that God-given right. What are those God-given rights? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the sum of it all there is nothing in there about any kind of liberty or freedom that comes from being able to kill an unwanted child and that's why people are so profoundly committed to this that's why this is going to rage I don't know where it will go I mean they violent people are probably in there cars driving there or on their jets flying in there now to start burning things i mean i don't know what's going to happen but i know that it it's they're pretty wound up in uh in dc this morning in front of the front of the the supreme court building they as i said they've put up fences around it and so on and so forth um i think this is going to be and we'll talk more about this tomorrow but i think this is going to be uh an act I think this is the beginning of more of what we have never seen in our lifetime over the next hours. I think this is going this is this is rooted in or keyed into the idea that if they make this so bad the radical left from Schumer and Pelosi right on down the line if they make this so bad so egregious we're taking away a woman's right and blah 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 then they'll be able to justify packing the court which they want to do anyway and that means Uh, Biden could appoint a whole herd of far-left radical people to the Supreme Court before the midterm election, which is coming up in November. And at the midterm election, every single poll says that Republicans will most likely, by a big margin, take over the House and probably take outright control of the Senate. Probably. Probably. That's where we are today. Things can change, but that's where we are today, and they know that. They are in free fall. Their policies don't work. Their policies are abhorrent. Their policies are crazy. They're insanity. And the whole world knows it. And they're figuring out that policies have consequences. So I think this is a a move, a blatant barbaric move, to try to enrage the nation. And the nation is falling for it. Governor Inslee, boy, he wasn't going to be left out of this. He was tweeting uh, this morning. He said, big capital letters, not here, not in our lifetime. Washington is and will remain pro-choice. And we will not slow down in the fight to ensure safe, affordable access to every person who needs it. They won't even say the word abortion. They're afraid to say the word abortion. They call it health care. They call it women's rights. He's calling it the governor of the state. We're going to fight for this, but we don't want to say it out loud. It's abortion. It's murder. But he calls it affordable access to every person who needs it. That's how hypocritical and barbaric all of this is. As I said, we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. We we originate live, so we'll be on it tomorrow. We'll talk more about this. I want to take just a moment to talk to you before we say goodbye, and uh, I'll see you in 23 23 and a half hours. But we need your support to do what we do, and we originate live every morning because of your support. It takes more effort, takes a little more money, but thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue 98009.